0: interested in things that aren't at top top level but tell me this wouldn't be amazing last day of the season and nine teams could go down subscribe now to the otb football podcast stream
1: wherever you get your podcasts and download the otb sports app and you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing okay around the country and getting set for the longer evenings. And what about France and Kylian Mbappe last night? A 4-0 victory for the World Cup finalists over the Dutch. will give the Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny a lot to contemplate ahead of Monday's game in Dublin. We'll look ahead to that on Football Saturday with David Myler joining Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward on the show this week. It's the opening weekend of the Women's Six Nations. We'll keep you right up to date on Ireland's game against Wales in Cardiff. It kicks off at 2.15. Also an week Weekend and hurling and football. We'll discuss the business end of the leagues on the Saturday panel with Taggy Fogarty, Colin Keys, and Colin Kelly from Half One. we Will also chat Camogie with Galway's Siobhan McGrath on the show today. Five three one zero six number for your texts. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport, or if you have any questions as well for our guests during the show, get into a busy period of sport now. You can also tweet us at Off the Ball. Aidan Delaney, Wexford's finest, in studio with me. How are you, Aidan? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. And we begin with another bid for an Irish Grand Slam in the Oval Ball.
2: Yeah, Ireland beginning their women's Six Nations campaign today. Greg McWilliams side facing Wales in Cardiff. Kickoff there is at a quarter past two. Let's hear from the Ireland assistant coach Neve Briggs. Uh, she says there's been a more professional approach brought to the tournament by this side this year and they're ready to show improved performances on the pitch as well.
3: Just commenting as a coaching group even at the end of last week we were talking about a week out from the Six Nations where we were at this time last year um, we're definitely improved a huge amount. But that's the same for every every team. Um you know what I mean? Like it does, every team has nearly gone professional now, every team has got numbers that are professional, every team is in the six nations that's been to a World Cup last September, we haven't, so um we're very aware of where we are. And uh I think that's probably what the most exciting thing about this weekend is that we get to see where we are kind of on an, another scale. Like we we feel like we're in a really good place, but on the flip of that, you know, I would imagine we'll the same.
4: Yeah, that kind of leads to what
5: I was going to say there where a lot of people are probably expecting to see a better Ireland this year when there's been an advancement in professionalism and everything but likewise Wales are 12 months further down the line with their own professional programme
3: Yeah, hugely and you know they beat us last year at home, the RDS they had a really good World Cup campaign they got to the quarterfinals and they've got loads of threats across the park so for us, I think we've just got to concentrate on us and, and ourselves and our journey we've got to not think about where other teams are in theirs and we've just got to go and, and try and implement what we're trying to do I think that's the most important thing we've got to go and express ourselves we talk about being brave um, and not to go into our comfort zone and um, we can't measure ourselves with other teams until we get to a stage where um, you know where the, the evolution of this game is plateaued and that's not happening at the moment so you know what I mean it's very difficult to to see where, where all the other countries are. You know, you're talking about post-World Cup cycles, you're talking about a new instruction of full-time contracts, you're talking about, you know, games that are improving all the time, Celtic Cup, Interpros. It's very difficult to try and compare yourself off the back of, of other teams. I think we've just got to look after ourselves and continue to keep working.
1: Lee the Briggs there, 10 years on since Ireland won the Grand Slam. It feels like Wales are the grease in football terms of this
2: uh, Women's Six Nations campaign. They're the middle team we need to beat. Yeah, you definitely need to get off on a, a, a good start. And I think we saw that with the men's as well. There was a really kind of this momentum started to build after Cardiff last time out. And, you know, we know the, the Irish women's team have had struggles in recent years, but there's nine uncapped players in this squad today. And I think that really shows that there is kind of this, you know, the production line is starting to kick into gear and we're starting to see players like Natasha Bean and uh, Molly Scuffle and, and players like that, and Saif McGrath starting to come into this side uh, that can really start a you know, they don't have the hang-ups of the previous teams and, you know, that, that decade celebration, it might actually hang over some of the older players kind of remembering back to then and, and thinking, God, why didn't we build on that? But the younger players are coming in, they're starting to see, you know, a, a men's team that is celebrating victories. The seventh side is starting to, to do really well in tournaments as well. So hopefully that'll kind of banish the, the old thoughts of, you know, being hammered by England, being hammered by Wales and starting to starting afresh today and hopefully we'll will see the, the fruits of that labour today.
1: England plays Scotland in Newcastle at four forty-five. Leinster, um, you can't just keep them down, really. They're not; they're probably going to go through the season unbeaten the way the way it's going after last night.
2: Yeah, they were seventeen nil down at one stage, but had to settle for a twenty-two all draw with the Stormers in the URC. It comes ahead of Leinster's All Irish clash with Ulster in the Champions Cup next weekend as well, and uh, it keeps the Blues unbeaten streak. As you mentioned, head coach Leo Cullen says they have put themselves in a good position with some massive games coming up at the end of this year.
4: Yeah, like sort of a mixed feeling, isn't it? You know, overall, it's it's great that we, we you know, we, we I suppose we win the game three points to two, isn't it? Um, well, you know, it's, it's a draw ultimately, you know what I mean? So it, it's a bit of a mixed feeling, isn't it? But we've got the job done to make sure you finish top of the log and that's very satisfying because a lot of work goes in over the course of the season, you know, the backroom team, Deliver the whole time. The squad of players that we use, the bulk of you know, the over the last recent se- sequence of games, you know, we've we've used this this group of players, minus a good chunk of internationals. So, um, yeah, it's pleasing to so when the internationals come back in you know, the next week, it's you know top spot in the league has been guaranteed. So uh, that's positive overall, um, but still, there's always a feeling of you know, what if we'd done this better? And so th- that's why there's plenty of learning in the game for us. Um, nice. Obviously, is you can you're controlling your own destiny. Essentially, now going to South Africa, knowing regardless of what happens, you going to be top spot. Exactly, yeah. like and that's the thing. You know, like we, we finished top spot last year. I think we lost five games, so we were two games to go, and you know we're still undefeated in the league. That like, that's it's a really good squad effort. Um, Credits the players; they've been outstanding all the way through. So, um and yeah, like in terms of you know the, you know South Africa will be a great experience for you know whoever goes down there. It always is. Um, but yeah it allows us to be able to manage things to a certain degree
1: Leo Cullen there as brilliant as Leinster have been it's probably a poor return that they haven't won a Honekin Champions Cup in five years now Johnny Sexton said to miss at least the Ulster game next week possibly the rest of the tournament Ross Byrne has obviously proven an able deputy but they'll be very disappointed if they don't go on and win in Dublin now in May
2: yeah, definitely. I I think you look at the performance last night, and it was very kind of Manchester City, where you see them kind of go down and, and start to do these kind of uncharacteristic errors, and, and teams start to get on top of them a little bit. But you never really felt like Leinster were in trouble last night either. It was a bit like the the City Aston Villa game at the end of last year, and. To have that kind of belief in yourself and knowing that you go seventeen points down and nobody panics, nobody starts to to throw wild passes or anything. You just work through your processes, and I suppose that's the sign of a really well coached team and a team that you know can lose big players like Johnny Sexton and have you know able deputies stepping up. I definitely think that Ulster will probably put more of a test up than I think a lot of people are expecting, but yeah I mean. There is a missing star on that jersey for Leinster and they're hoping to capture it this year.
1: OK, so Connacht facing Edinburgh and Galway at three, the host bidding for their fifth win in a row, Mike Haley and Dave Kilcoyne, both in the Munster team, to face Glasgow from 7.15 at Thomond Park, Ulster captain by Dwayne Vermeulen. They welcome his former club, the Bulls, to Kingspan Stadium at 25 to 8. Cameron Hill is in studio with us as well. Cameron, how are you?
0: Grand. I notice you haven't called me Mayo's Finest because you know that the real Mayo's Finest are in action tomorrow against Monaghan. But... Um, <laughs>
1: I didn't know Nathan Murphy's playing. <laughs> yeah, um, But I did Did want to ask you about uh, France's finest, Kylian Mbappe. Um, Halloween has come early. Scary times. 4-0 win last night over the Dutch?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it turns out France are that type of person who doesn't get hangovers. Cause we, really, <laughs> yeah. we really did think that... The so World the Dutch Cup got
1: the French hangovers, <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. as their own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: they must have been... Is, is it tonic water helps with that? They must have been drinking lots of that because they were in fine fettle yesterday, my God. But um, I heard Josie Ogbeni um, yesterday, talking about like Ireland just have to be confident. That's what they have to do. There's no point going in and being a bit um, terrified because if they want to get something from this game, you have to have that belief. So it looks like it's going to be a cracker. It's a sold out of Eva Stadium. I mean, the atmosphere is going to be class, and we'll finally get a chance to see perhaps Mbappe and the gang in the flesh um, to make up for the fact that we didn't see Haaland in November.
2: Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. looking at the game last night, you know, there was plenty of previews all throughout the week here and elsewhere talking about, you know, if we can keep ourselves in the game and we can really sort of, you look at this French backline and you can really get at them. And, you know, Evan Ferguson is going to ha- have the likes of William Saliba, who was obviously not there, but Open Meccano and that on toast. And, and then you get eight minutes into the game last night and you think, this French team are just different gravy. Like, you know, they are a team that got to the World Cup final and, and deservedly. So looking on the bright side of it, you look at that Dutch defence last night and you think, actually, maybe that's the team we should be targeting the, this is the team that maybe we can pick off maybe four maybe ho- hopefully six points off of because they didn't look anywhere close to the, the four. Yeah, I think it expecting. also
1: says how good Van Hal is as a manager I know Manchester yeah. United didn't work out necessarily the way he would have wanted to but he won a Champions League he brought the Dutch to World Cup semi-final in 2014 they were unbeaten through all of qualifying got to penalty shootout against the eventual winners in the World Cup Ronald Koeman's got a big job in his hands went to a four last night didn't work you'd also have to question how much that virus or illness or whatever it was it Impacted them as well because they were just not at the races whatsoever. But they have had in the past some dud campaigns in the Netherlands. So we're hoping maybe that that will be the case. Look, I think we get a point on Monday. It'll be a great result.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd take that. I'd snap your hand I off for that, that right now. now. You yeah, we'll take that now. Sure. Yeah. What else we got on this afternoon? Uh, Just to look back at the games last night elsewhere in Ireland's group Greece had a 3-0 win over Gibraltar and uh, Scotland play Cyprus in Group A while Croatia host Wales in Group D this evening. Rhys James has also withdrawn from the England squad ahead of their qualifier with Ukraine at Wembley tomorrow. The Chelsea fullback has returned to his club due to what's been described as fitness concerns. Gareth Southgate's group for the match is net down to 20 players but he won't be calling up any replacements. Does
1: anybody care about this Manchester United? I just want it over. Like, have a Guitaris bought it or Jim Ratcliffe? Because it's just, it's
2: it's a story that's going nowhere at the moment until we know who owns the club or if the Glazers are going to sell funny enough we have a third bidder in just to add to the drama if, if that's your kind of thing but uh, yeah this, this
1: guy isn't serious though is he this Finnish guy who wants the uh, the, the fans to get involved yeah
2: Thomas Z- Zalakis uh, is among among the people trying to purchase the club but I think he's just trying to <laughs> muddy the waters a little bit and and you know maybe try to add a bit of spark to this uh, to this debate but as a, a non-Manchester United fan I think you know I, I can't remember who it was said it during the week but Manchester United is a club that's probably self-sustainable that could actually run itself without uh, a massive owner like this and that's probably the way they should go
0: Siliakis feels like the man with no name in the good the bad and the ugly now you've got like the bad and the mm-hmm. ugly and you can take your pick which one's Radcliffe and which one's Qatar because he seems like he's fighting the good fight in terms of okay maybe it will retain some of its moral a touch to the Michael Lightens about it to be yeah. honest for
1: me uh, Sheikh Jassim has submitted a second bid so in the region of £5 billion so look it's a case of just wait and see what happens I think here uh, Women's Super League action today
2: yeah all rivalries will be reunited at 3pm when Tottenham host Arsenal while Manchester United can go back to the top of the table with victory at home to West Ham that's at half past five the only two games down in the Super League today Pretty sickening news From Dan and Kerry today Yeah unfortunately Kerry FC has had to Release a statement Condemning racist abuse Of its players On social media During its game With Athlone Town In Tralee last night The club says It's shocked Disappointed and angry Adding that it's working With the FAI And the League of Ireland To kick racism Out of the game It says it condemns Discrimination in football And will not tolerate Any form of hate Towards any of its players Or staff
1: Now, the abacus, the calculators, um, the notebooks are all out for the league the, this weekend, even the
2: iPhones <laughs> to work out all the permutations. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what do I need to do. I'm I'm a Wexford fan, so we have our big game on today. We need a massive win and need everything else to go in our favour. But uh, to be quite honest, uh, the promotion to Division Three would not would be very very uh, remote. Um, but yeah, looking at some of the other games, I mean, Dublin Louth tomorrow should be an absolute cracker in Crow Park, and we'll hear from Colin Kelly, who you know kind of helped. He, he brought that Louth team up two divisions in his own time there, and and Mickey Hart is looking to bring him up three divisions. So there's definitely this. Kind of boom or bust cycle in in Louth, and they've got some great development squads there, and they've lost some big players as well, Sam Mulroy and Kieran Byrne, you know, on the on the the, the sidelines for the last little while. So you're expecting them to to really give it up to Dublin, and you know, if Dublin don't get back up to Division One, would that be seen as a failure from Desi Farrell so far?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I think it depends what happens at the Leinster Championship. Look, I think the Championship comes pretty quickly after the league. I think the big story of the league, almost in Division 2, is Derry. And the fact that mm. they've been so good and they're going up. Mm. Um, uh, that That's really the story, I think, and the continued progression under Rory uh, Gallagher. But for you, Cameron, you know, you're a Mayo man. You must be like strutting your stuff around Dublin at the
0: moment. At the moment, um, although... Um for the sake of the balance of office politics, I'd like Monaghan to maybe win tomorrow, <laughs> so that Shane Hannan doesn't give me the stink eye when I come in early next week. But it, no, there's it's uh, very hard not to get uh, carried away with how Mayo is was this playing.
1: real now for Mayo? Is this feel re- does this feel real out of the championship?
0: It's the first time in a long time I've seen them going all out attack and looking absolutely imperious in the way they come forward. I mean, this is really exciting, um, and we'll have Galway probably in the league final. Then it's Common and people are talking about, you know, oh, will we just forego the Connacht Championship, give ourselves a break, going into the All-Ireland Series. No, you, need
1: to, you need to go through the front door and all this.
0: Absolutely. And I think they've no reason not to. They are brilliant. They've got a great attacking, a young attacking side. Ryan who's back. He's in flying mm. form. Their midfield with Matty Ruan has been class. And even their defence, which I was worried about with the loss of Mullen and Lee Keegan, has been brilliant. The Doc is back uh, tomorrow. Jason Doherty as well. So, ah, uh, it's, yeah... You feel the hope. You can feel the hope in the studio point here. To pro park. Yeah.
2: So what we have at this afternoon then? Yeah, we'll start with the thing. small ball Division One survival is the target for the hurlers of both Westmeath and Leash. They face off in the relegation playoff from Division One in Thurles from two o'clock. The first of the Division One semi-finals takes place this evening as well. Limerick are at home at Tipperary from half past seven, and in Division Two A, Offaly and Kerry square off in their semi-final meeting at two o'clock in Tullamore. In Gaelic football, there's just one game down for decision. I've already mentioned Wexford facing Carlow in Wexford Park. The home side need a big win there if they're to have any hopes of reaching the promotion places with the likes of Sligo, Leitrim um, also looking to go up there. In Camogie Kilkenny take on Tipperary in the only game in Division 1A of the very Ireland leagues today. Throwing a at Piltown is at 3 o'clock. Division 1B sees Waterford facing down, which is underway. It's Waterford 2-8 at 2 downs, 6 points there. That's into the second half. Elsewhere, Antrim come up against Wexford at 2 o'clock, while Limerick and Offaly meet half an hour later. In ladies football then, Cork are taking on Meath in a major clash in the Little Ladies Football Division 1 this afternoon. Cork have an early lead there by one goal and two points to a point uh, so far in that game.
1: The Masters is upon us very soon in Rory McIlroy's in form.
2: Yeah, he's into the last 16 of the WGC Dell Technologies match play in Austin, Texas. The world number three beat Keegan Bradley last night to finish top of his group and will play the Australian Lucas Herbert this afternoon. The whole of the golf world is still talking about his epic drive on the 18th hole on Thursday where he got inside four feet from 375 yards. McIlroy says it's always nice to hit shots like that, but he has to make the most of it when it comes to the weekend.
5: Honestly, for me, the two shots into 16 yesterday were better than the drive on 18. Mm-hmm. Drive on 18 was great, and you know, you know, the length and the accuracy and whatever. It was, it was a good shot, but um, there was a few more shots out there yesterday that pleased me more than than that T shot. That T shot's got all the he- the headlines and the attention, but mm-hmm. there's other parts of the game that I'm I'm you know a lot more pleased mm-hmm. with and happy with. It's um, a little more translatable as as the year goes on.
4: And Lucas, tomorrow, he's bounced back incredibly from the players when he had a terrible time.
5: Yeah, um, both of us did. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, TPC is one of those golf courses. Uh, if you're just a little off, it feels like it magnifies um, you know the misses that you have there. And uh, you know, we you know obviously we both missed the cut. Lucas shot a couple of high numbers, but uh, as you see this week, you know it it reading into that too much especially around that, that golf course um you know it just isn't you know i, I don't think it's you know that the performances around tpc apart from obviously scotty who's you know playing the best golf in the world right now you know you can you know take those performances with a pinch of salt because they it's such a different golf course than so many others that we play
1: a bit of a diss of uh, Interesting from comments from Rory McIlroy there. Shane Larry and Seamus Power are failing to progress to the knockout stage of the match play, which is one of the most randomly, oh, like it's impossible to call a winner, because any player can play well on the day and they could play 10 holes well and then three holes bad, but still be up. It's Look, if Rory wins this, and he has won it before, be some achievement this week. Uh, we have
2: golf also in South Africa with Tom McKibben. Yeah he's struggling on day three of the Johnson Workwear Open the Northern Irishman is two over through eight today that pushes him back to four under par for the week in a tie for 72nd so far it's Kali Samuja of Finland who leads the way on 14 under par he leads by one shot How's Leona doing? Yeah she goes into the third round of the LPGA's drive on championship six shots off the lead the Kevin woman is six under par after her second round of 68 today that bettered her round of 70 on Thursday and puts her in a tie for 32nd place so far she goes out for her Saturday action at six o'clock Irish time she'll be aiming to get closer to the leader Mariah Utangaran who sits on 12 under You've got some Formula One news. Yeah, Brazil's three-time Formula One world champion, Nelson Piquet, has been ordered to pay around £780,000 for making racist and homophobic comments about Lewis Hamilton. The charges were brought by four human rights groups, including the Brazilian LGBT Plus Alliance, following an interview the 70-year-old gave in 2021. Piquet later apologised for what he called ill-thought-out remarks.
1: Irish-Lincolnshire is the big one at the Curra today like over 20 runners that'll be interesting to see as the flat season gets into gear the first off there is at 20 to 2 just as well uh, folks um, you know if you're kind of um just, just sorry. There was somebody just texting in there about go away and uh, Kerry. You know, so not necessarily go away at all in the final. Kerry could easily be go away tomorrow, but even if they do, Ross win by a margin of seven or eight points, they'll be in the finals. Says Janet and Carrick and Shannon on the leagues. Uh, Cameron, uh, you were down sailing this week. Tell us about your um, experience in the boat.
0: Yeah, a really great experience. We were out in Dunleary at the uh, Irish Sailing Performance Headquarters uh, on Thursday. It was activation day for their uh, Olympic hopes. It's a brilliant day out, really, really great. Um, you know, you'd know sailing from Annalise Murphy. She put it really on the map for us in recent years in terms of um, our Olympic hopes. But when you get out on the water and you're on the you're on the rib and you see up close these lasers and the 49ers going at it and how just physically demanding it is you don't you don't get that appreciation until you see it up close basically it was fantastic it's so physical there's so much decision making involved the precision at which they're able to change direction and steer there was a lot of quote unquote near misses with our boat but they're so skilled that they can just weave in and out of different obstacles it was fantastic great day out are you a good swimmer no not at all are you um, I haven't done it in years now. Were you scared
1: at all of that? Like, is it a bit of a. Because you're kind of. You're
0: <laughs> ahead of it, yeah. You, you are. Because you're thinking, oh, what's what's coming up here? But no, it's brilliant. Once you're out on the water. There How was
1: many a, are on a boat at one time?
0: So for Laser, they're on their own. It's a small, beautiful looking vessel. Um, but it's just the one. And then for 49ers, it's a two person crew. So you've got your um, helm and your crew. The helm is just constantly going. We mm-hmm. can see just constantly pulling ropes and bringing up the spinnaker which adds speed to the boat Um, the crew is at the back kind of steering and being their eyes because they're so occupied that they they can't actually see out the front so it's incredible but they're on their tippy toes um, steering that boat it's incredible it was really really great to see Um, and I know I was talking to Rory Fitzpatrick, who's the head coach. They're really excited for Paris 2024. Eve McMahon looks set to have a really good Olympics if she can make it that far, which um, by all accounts she's going to. But 2028 in Los Angeles is the one they're really targeting. They've Rocco Wright, who's the World Youth Champion at only 16. He's got two more years in that age grade. They're really excited about him. Um, and when he makes the breakup to senior, who knows what's going to happen?
1: You're talking about the boat race, you some story you were telling us about?
0: Yeah, yeah, so the boat race, Oxford-Cambridge is on today. Actually, Trinity UCD is also on at the moment. Um, plenty of boats out on the Liffey today. But um, over across the pond, it's Oxford-Cambridge and Quiva Dempsey is in action. She's a former Trinity rower. She only started in 2014 when she went to Trinity and started a degree in psychology. But she's in the boat for the third time in the boat race today. Cambridge are going for their sixth consecutive win in, that, in the women's race anyway. But she's brilliant. It, she's great. She's from Wicklow. And there's plenty of Irish interest today in the boat race, which remains to me one of the great curiosities in sport. Why? It's just mad. It's a really interesting. It just happens. It's one of those that you just, you turn on the TV and, oh, that was on so today. It must be like going oh, back missing. about
1: a hundred and over a hundred years. We're talking. Yeah. 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 So 1877 is is the, is the date in my head. Anyway, I'll do check it now. But um, that's the date in my head.
0: Yeah, and it's one we just we don't obviously pay attention to because we're over here and we've got our own colors to to uh, focus on. But it is it's an it's a brilliant <laughs> brilliant wee tradition that I always love following every year. Yeah. Okay. So 1829. I was wrong by about fifty
1: years. Cameron and Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Remember, folks, as you're binging on sport this weekend, to pick out your best performance at the weekend, whether it's a player, manager, even the ref. Tune into OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening, Sunday. Leave your selection in the comments from our performance rankings post. If your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTB AM, you're with the chance then of winning a Gillette Labs exfoliating razor, skin guard shaving gel, and refill blades pack. That is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. Are you a get a games fan? Well, stay tuned over the next hour because coming up after the break on the Saturday panel, we're going to preview all the weekends hurling of a football action with Taggy Foger. Colin Kelly and Colin Keyes. Off the ball Saturday News Talk is back after this.